Welcome to another episode of And Another Thing, the podcast that continues to set the bar in the world of podcasts. My name is Jody Jenkins. My name is Tony Clement. Tony, we did receive a special uh, voicemail today Oh, uh, from one of our fans, and I just wanted to play it for you. Oh, okay. Did you want to listen to it? Okay, here it is. Yeah, this please. Is from one of our... This is from one of our fans of And Another Thing podcast. This was the voicemail they left earlier today. <laughs> so, there you go. <laughs> that's right. Aren't they arresting Canada geese now for honking? Is that, that's oh, what shoot. We just had another one come in. Hold on. Just let me check this one. Okay. <laughs> oh, okay. Good to see you. Good to see you. <laughs> We're having a honking good time here. All right, this show every week brought to you by Municipal Solutions, although after that, humor, <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe this will be the last week that they sponsor the show, actually. Who knows? <laughs> but I know that John Mutton is a man of his convictions. Yes. So John Mutton and the team at Municipal Solutions, we thank them for their support. And Tony, I know that you'll be able to share a little bit more about what they do. Right. No, they're a great sponsor. We're very happy to have them as our presenting sponsor. They are, of course, available for development services and project management for development approvals, for permit expediting, uh, planning services with municipalities, engineering services, architectural services, minor variances, land severances, and building permits, go to municipalsolutions.ca. All right. Okay. And don't forget, uh, that's enough, guys. That's enough. Don't forget that you can find us exclusively on looneypolitics.com. We provide uh, special episodes that you can only get if you're a subscriber. Use the code PODCAST to get 50% off an annual subscription, and it will unlock a lot more than just our show. But our show enough is worth it for sure. Uh, once again, looneypolitics.com. Um, yes, uh, before we get to our guest, I'm, uh, I'm distracted. Our producer playing all those sounds. I know. Uh, for those that, that don't know, Brett Black is our producer. Uh, hey, Brett. He's in the studio. But uh, have you met Brett? No. No. And, you know, okay, so a couple <laughs> things quickly. A couple things. Uh, the the episode we did with Michelle Ferrari. Yes. I don't, I have, we have not had a guest that has received that much heat from the audience ever. Like, like she has some serious fans out there. Well, she so. said her, her writing is split 50-50. She did say that, and we certainly have evidence of that now. Holy smokes. Yeah. So that was interesting. But that show is like taking off. Yes. Like a got like a rocket. And I was I was being a little bit sassy. Uh, interesting word to use, but a little bit sassy on Twitter with some of these people that were mad that she was on our show. And I would just be like over the top with, you know, thanks so much for your support. We appreciate you being a loyal listener. And they're like, we're not loyal listeners. We did. We're never listening to the show again. And I said, well, that one time you did listen, that's it right. puts money directly in our bank account, in our pockets. <laughs> I know it's so true. Just pissing them off. <laughs> now we know how Joe oh, Rogan feels. Man, man. Um, second thing uh, I was going to mention is <laughs> we have had, and this is not a joke, the amount of people that have reached out to us and said, yes, you guys have to run as a tag team for the conservative leadership, which which we thought we'd have a decision today. We don't because LEOC or the organizing committee has not released the rules they were supposed no. to. So our lawyers are waiting on that. But as soon as we find out, we're, uh, we're going to figure out whether we're in. So that decision will have to wait. I will say again, I am 100% behind Pierre Polyev and his bid. That's my guy. 
Um, complete full disclosure there, but uh, I still will run with Tony as a tag team, uh, depending on our decision. But so I'm and you Pierre. know the way it works because uh, it it usually is uh, a ballot where you can rank your That's right. uh, your choices. So you could so rank us pick. first and and rank Pierre second, Jody. No, no, I would pick Pierre first. Oh, I and see. Then us second. <laughs> yeah, of course. And then and then I'd go probably uh, who else will be in the race by uh, Leslie Charay. Yeah, Jean uh, Charay. Leslie Lewis. Tasha Carradine. Tasha yeah. Most of these uh, people have been guests on our program, by the way. I, hey, we should warn our guests that there's a good chance that they could run for leadership and like get a very, very big position within the government. Absolutely. And, uh, but as we told Michelle last week, there's also a very good chance that you could get ousted from your position in government too, because we've, we've had, had guests some of those. on our show that that's, that's happened too. So anyway, that was a lot. That was a lot to share. Um, Brett Black says we're getting a live call right now. Let's go to it here. Okay. okay. Who is it? Okay. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, Tony, before honk, we get canceled. Honk, honk, you love, honk if you love Justin Trudeau, right? That's, that's what's going on there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I should have been quicker. Brett should have been quicker to that. But anyway, um, before we get canceled, let's, uh, let's get to our guest. This will be an interesting one. I don't yeah. think this, this is a first for our show, so. It is a first. As you know, uh, our faithful Thingalodian audience, we like to think outside the box. We're not always just about politics or just about music. We we like to have different types of guests. And certainly in this case, uh, we are very happy to give a And Another Thing podcast welcome to Andrew Kirsch. He is the founder of Kirsch Consulting Group. He has had 15 years experience uh, in uh, investigations and analytics in the intelligence field, the intel field. And he has written a book which goes live on March the 1st. It, it is called, I Was Never There, My Time, My True Canadian, uh, let me try that again. I Was <laughs> Never There, My True Canadian Spy Story of Coffees, Code Names, and Covert Operations in the Age of Terrorism, Oh. Welcome, Andrew Kirsch. Welcome. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. Are you excited about your book launch? <laughs> yeah. It's uh, it's it's coming quick. Uh, March 1st, just around the corner. I was never here. Uh, available for pre-order uh, now and kind of talks about my career at CSIS. I was an intelligence officer with our Canadian Security Intelligence Service for just under a decade. And I wrote a book about the experience. So it's great to uh, be with you to to chat about it. And I, I called it I was never there, but it's I was never here. Yes, I was never okay. here. But I, I apologize. I, yeah, I was never here uh, or there. Is, I'm sure it's a great book as well. Yes, yeah, exactly. Um, exactly. Yeah. You know, it's like it's like uh, you're running for, for leader with Pierre. Like that's a great book too. Um, and I'm, uh, but I'm going to support myself. Tony, you're I confusing. You're, you were, Tony, you were confusing titles there. The I was never there is the Justin Trudeau story. That's at, uh, it. At yeah, it's the memoir. Uh, yeah, yeah, the, memoir. The, the convoy. Yes. <laughs> You're quite right, but I was never here. So let's uh, let's take our audience a little bit through what you are talking about in your book. Obviously, it's about your experiences in CSIS, the the Canadian. As for people who don't know, that's that's the Canadian Spy Service. So tell us what you are talking about in that book. Yeah, so I, um, you know, I was 
joined CSIS in around 2006. So I, I'll, I'll say that I was a senior year university uh, in, in 9-11 happened. I was at Brown University in Rhode Island, just, just a little bit away from, from New York. And I ended up working after university, moving to London and working in finance. Uh, and in 2005, the bombs went off on July 7th, kind of just around the corner. And you know, right. around that time, there just was something kind of bigger going on in the world. And I wanted to get involved. So I, I kind of joke, I had one eye on the, the financial pages and one eye on the current events. And that's when I first Googled, how do I become a Canadian spy? So I, I moved back home to, to Toronto and applied for CSIS. And, and this book is really that journey about what you know happens uh, to civically minded people like myself around that time who kind of ran away and, and joined the circus uh, through the recruitment process. And then nine months of French language training, uh, six months in our intelligence officer training, um, and then my career, which was, as I said, uh, a couple of years in Ottawa and about six in Toronto. I was a, an analyst in Ottawa. I was a field investigator in Toronto, and then I was part of our special operations unit uh, in the Toronto uh, office. And then at the same time, you know, I moved to Ottawa with a girlfriend that, that fell apart and was dating and eventually got married and, and had a family Mm-hmm. All the while, not able to really talk about you know, what I was doing, where I worked, um, to to friends and family. So, you know, that's did you have a, did too. you have a front uh, that you said you like? Did you pre- pretend you were a, a travel agent or something like that? <laughs> no, it's uh, it's kind of my move was uh, say I, I worked for the government and change uh, change the subject. And in Ottawa, that's tricky. Uh, Toronto, much easier uh, to, right. to bore people with tales of working for the government. But you know, I joke uh, when I put on my online dating profile government while working in Ottawa, that just invited a lot more questions uh, than, um, you know, than, uh, than Toronto where everyone wondered, well, why did, why'd you stop working in finance and why you, why are you working yeah. for the government? Okay. Gotcha. So, yeah. uh, and, but what about, uh, what about special ops then? What, what were you doing there? Yeah. So the, the special operations, um, essentially when a target of investigation reaches a, a threshold, of threat, you can apply to a judge for warranted powers, additional investigative powers. And when that happens, um, you know, you, the judge can authorize your you know, to be able to read someone's emails or go in the office and see what they're writing on their notebook. Uh, but you can't go and ask the person, hey, a judge says I'm allowed to see your emails or, uh, or read your notebook. You would come to our kind of covert special operations team and say, can you get access to this information? And, and we were a special group that would go around either, um, you know, close access, break into places, go look for things, put them back, plant things, go back and get them, um, or do that remotely. And so I did that for a few years, which was which was a lot of fun. Um, obviously, challenging and stressful at times, but um, kind of. So you were part. you were actually in the field a little bit then. Oh yeah, yeah. We um, every intelligence officer kind of uh, has to do two roles. There's an analyst role. And that field investigator role. And so as a field investigator, I absolutely was kind of knocking on doors. And you talked about being covert. Uh, you know, I would knock on doors 15, 20 minutes from where I grew up in Toronto. And I had my badge and I'd say, my name is Andrew. And I'm, I'm here from the Canadian Security Intelligence Service. And I need your help. And I would get a blank stare. And then I would say, CSIS, CSIS, ever heard of uh, CSIS for the government? And he would say, oh, you're the police. And I'd say, no. And we'd go through the steps. Um and then when separate special operations, yeah, absolutely. We're working late at night, 11 p.m. to four in the morning, uh, you know, when everyone's asleep, doing doing our thing. Uh, Did you have to surveil people and tail them? 
yeah, the the surveillance are a kind of a separate uh, function, but absolutely okay. that was part of part of the investigation was, you know, working with our working with our different teams, and we talk about I talk about in the book like how there are these different groups, and we all kind of work together to mm-hmm. to further these investigations. You know, the surveillance, uh, the communications analysts, people listening to all the conversations, uh, the analysts at headquarters who are, uh, you know, putting together operational plans, and then. The collectors in the field who are are doing the door knocks and uh, gathering gathering the information. Were you in Ottawa um, in October 2014 when the shooter uh, got into Parliament and also killed uh, uh, Corporal Nathan Cirillo at the uh, War Monument? No, I was I was with the service, but I was in the Toronto office, so it was okay. not uh, nothing. But uh, you know, a real tough time, obviously. Um, no one likes uh, when we have uh, have that happen on Canadian soil. One of the reasons why I got involved was to try to, you know, protect Canadians against attacks like that, and we we do a, a pretty pretty good job. And unfortunately, that you know that happened. It was, it was a tough day. You know, it's really interesting. Uh, I, I got to say that in terms of top of mind fear, like when nine eleven happened, obviously this was just like a new world for so for all of us, really. Uh, in Canada, the U.S., in Europe, etc., uh, and uh, and uh, the idea that there was this uh, extremist, fundamentalist, Islamic, uh, and other uh, terrorism uh, really became the zeitgeist of the moment. Uh, you know, this is what people were worried about, and uh, especially when the attacks in London happened, and then in Madrid, and really all around the world. It seems less so now, uh, you know, um, it, are we kind of living in a fool's paradise? Are these threats still as, as big as they used to be? You know, I, I think about that and I think about, um, you know, that absolutely your point. Like this was a real age of, it just felt like it was kind of everywhere and it was happening very close to home. And, and we had the Toronto 18, which was the plot, a very real plot about people who want to do things in in uh, Toronto and Ottawa and Canada. Yeah. They wanted to behead, they wanted to behead politicians. Yeah. 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 Oh yeah. Um, And I think now if I read the CSIS report, they talk a lot about foreign interference, um, election interference, espionage. Um, So I think all of it's still there, but maybe some other threats have kind of moved up to to top of mind. This all continues to happen. And I know that CSIS is still monitoring these things and maybe, um, you know, we're seeing some more, but domestic right-wing extremism, um, you know, foreign influence activities, uh, as I said, are, are, are being highlighted, but it's all, it's all kind of still there. Unfortunately, it's, you know, one event from, from being very top of mind again. And I don't mm-hmm, think that, mm-hmm. that the organization takes its eyes off the ball. They just have a lot of balls to watch. Right. And, uh, that's, that's the challenge. That's the challenge. Did you get to work with, uh, American intelligence services? Uh, yeah, there's, there's the kind of Five Eyes community, and you know we work very closely with the Americans, the Brits, um, the Australians. Personally, I had a few a few run-ins, but not many. Um, mm-hmm. They're they're a funny group. Uh, everyone's got their own uh, kind of culture, but it's a because we don't have a foreign intelligence service, we rely a lot on our on our partners. Um, it's just they're big organizations. The Americans especially have a long reach and. Because their neighbors work very closely, uh, they and you know there've been 
I kind of joked, there have been how many 10 CIA books released every week, right? Like we don't have one, we can't have one. I thought maybe, you know, Canada can have, uh, can have our one, which is why uh, I get are you getting any, are you getting any pushback for writing the book? No, no. I, in fact, everyone's been very, uh, most of my peers and ex-colleagues have been very supportive. Okay, good. They feel the same, the same way, right? Like, absolutely. I wish, I wish I had known more before I got involved. Like when I, when I was working there, you know, I'm not allowed to talk about where I, where I work. And since I left and have been more open about it, I get tons of questions. Oh, my nephew's thinking about applying or, you know, what was that like? How'd you get in? Why'd you leave? And there's just not a lot of information out there. And so people are excited about it. Uh, and I, I hope to make it informative and also, you know, entertaining. Funny things happen. We, we do good work. Uh, our spy agency sees us. Uh, how, I mean, I, I, I don't know how to put this except to say, sometimes I think Canadians are a little bit naive about how the world really works, about some of the threats that we face. And I'm not just talking about Islamic terrorism. Now I'm talking about the Chinese. I'm talking about the Russians. I'm talking about even the Iranians being, you know, operational on our soil. Uh, is that one of the things that that you noticed as well about Canadians, that we just sort of shrug our shoulders and, and, and don't really take things seriously? Yeah, we're absolutely is a challenge that we are safe. And, and I would say that you know, people feel, oh, or, you know, what do we have to worry about? And I say it's it's not luck. There's a lot of people who are out there working very, very hard. And I was one of them to make sure that we're safe and that we don't have to worry about these types of things. And the fact that that, that we we have this uh, safety is, is not because we don't have problems, um, but because we do a good job of dealing with them. And so we do have a bit of a, of a bubble there. And, and, you know, I think CSIS is trying to be a little more outgoing and, and talk about those challenges of Russia and China and, and starting to be a little more upfront about what those are and what they're concerned mm -hmm. about. Um, I, I do feel like that's tougher to explain to people than when you see a bomb going off or you have the attack on Parliament Hill, this, this idea of espionage and sabotage. Um, maybe it's not as front of mind or dramatic, um, mm -hmm. but these are absolute challenges. and you know, Canadians are not immune uh, to, to these issues. So yeah, we, you know, I think it's a nice thing that we have that luxury that we're able to feel pretty secure and we should be, we live in a very safe country. Um, but there's also people out in the middle of the night who are, you know, doing some important things and to, to try to keep it that way. You're the, the subtitle of your book is uh, coffees, code names <laughs> and covert operations. So tell us about the coffees and the code names. Yeah, the um, well, the coffees. I mean, that was like I, I joke. I spent ninety nine percent of my time uh, terrifying, and then trying to to uh, to, to comfort totally uh, you know, helpful, um, law abiding Canadians. Ask to ask them over coffee for help to find the one percent that were up to no good. Right. That was the the bulk of the job is going out saying hi. My name is Andrew. I'm here from CSIS. Uh, can I have it a, a minute of your time? I, I, you know, I'd like to ask you some questions. I think you can help me with a national security uh, and security issue. And we go to grab a grab a coffee and, and have a chat. And, and that's like the day in and day out um, of the field investigations. And you know, the code names, I joke that I was, when I was an analyst for the two years in Ottawa, um, I'd say I was a policy compliance analyst. So I, I, I joined the this, this service and I'm excited about being, I've, I've made it through, uh, 
15 months of recruitment, nine months of French, six months of training. And they put me in a windowless office <laughs> and they had me read reports uh, and go over them to, to make sure that the field agents were adhering to CSIS policies and guidelines. I was mm -hmm. not a beloved person uh, in my role saying, well, you know, I uh, don't think you're allowed to accept that. That Toblerone from the airport is that was over the gift limit uh, the source handlers allowed to accept. Um, but one of the great one of the great parts of that job was I got to name uh, human sources. I got to apply code names. Oh, and that is a great fun Friday afternoon activity. Friday afternoon activity in the in my bullpen was sitting around thinking of funny code names for for people, and you know tried to. I joke in the, in the book you can you can you know, probably guess when people got their names. Like I'm sure every Marvel character is a human source uh, for CSIS over the past couple of years. I'm sure there's a few and, and we tried, my time was like the Anchorman and the Burgundy. I don't think I was able to get those in uh, for provided reasons. I'm sure every Top Gun um, or Animal House uh, character has been used as a code name, but that was my human source policy um, time yeah, yeah. Was, was coming up with fun names. You know, a little perk, one of the perks of that, of that two years I spent. Jody, Jody, we should uh, enlist Andrew to get us a, <laughs> a code name for our uh, tag team candidates. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's a good point. That's a good point. If it's free, sure. <laughs> that's right. Go down. We used to joke, we'd go down to, what's this? What's the place? Uh, is it, um, where do they give the names after the servers? Is it Lone Star or? Um, yeah, Lone Star. Is it, it Lone like Star? Armadillo or yeah. Tequila. Okay, tequila is the next human source. Uh, yeah. Your wagon wheel. Okay, let's sign up wagon wheel. Uh, <laughs> that was where we got most of our inspiration from. Uh, guns. It's a lot of a lot of uh, Amarillo, a lot of uh, Tex uh, Tex Mex themed human sources. I'm tumbleweed. Around. I'll That's be right. serving you tonight. Great, great source. Great source of information. Uh, tumbleweed. Are you <laughs> are you still close to your colleagues uh, who are still in the service? Then Andrew. Oh yeah, it's. Um, a lot of friends were still there um, in Ottawa and Toronto. You come very close. Like there's this, because we have to be you know, not not as open with, with your friends and uh, family, you do become very close to the people you can be. So your coworkers who you can talk to about tough cases and tough days, um, it's just natural that uh, you have those kind of bonds. And, and it's, you know, it's tough being out and uh, far away, not kind of up to date and all the all the gossip, but mm -hmm. keep in touch with the gang and, and send everyone my best. And I, and obviously, you know, this book was, um, it's, it's not, a all the, all the ways that, that CSIS is getting it wrong, or this is what we missed right, that kind right. of thing. It's like, you know, this is an organization that we don't know much about. Um, I think it's to our detriment to your point about there are threats out there that, that people are doing. And just every day, like ordinary people like myself and all my colleagues are, are just doing their best. Um, and here's the funny stuff that happens along the way. Yeah, I think that's really an interesting point that uh, that it is to uh, educate the population a little bit about these people who spend a good chunk of their lives, perhaps uh, just working on national security and keeping keeping our country safe. And it's uh, and it's something where you can't really, when you're doing that service, blow your own horn, right? You have to be quiet. It's it's below ground, and uh, and uh, therefore it's not really uh, something that is visible. Yeah, there's you're you know supposed to be discreet. Discreet is kind of the is kind of the word that we that we use, and and it's appropriate, you know, not to go around and. Yeah, I would have. I would have loved in a couple of uh, of 
of early dates when I was a single guy to say, by the way, I'm, I promise you I'm cool or, you know, mm-hmm. you, you can't do that. So you have to, um, yeah, the, those are the, one of the challenges of, of having this thing that you want to be proud of and, and that, you know, think is important and yet not, not talk too much about. So I, I think in that respect, my former colleagues will be happy that, you know, they can point to point to this book and tell their spouse or partner like, yeah, read, you know, read that and, you know, see it on page, whatever. I do stuff like that. How, um, when you're in this, in this business, you obviously have to have a sort of a second sense about whether people are being truthful to you, whether they're lying to you. And, uh, you also, I just wonder do you get a little bit paranoid when you're in this job because you're all you're thinking about is national security and how how different groups of people are trying to mess up our country? Is, does that does that flow into your into your psyche at all? It it certainly does in the early days where you're you're navigating that. What am I allowed to tell people and why? You know, who's this person walking up to talk to me? Or um, there there's absolutely this that kind of fear. Um, about yeah that, that paranoia, I think you settle into it a little bit. Um, and find a little more a little more balance with it. I, I'd say some desks are probably more cynical than others, mm-hmm. um, depending on what file you're working on, and probably more about uh, the frustration of are we doing a good job of staying on top of things. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I think that every everyone's probably got their own journey with that, just from their experience at the service and, and what they've and what they've done. What I found is funny is that, and I was talking to somebody who was asking me about you become very situationally aware uh, of your surroundings, and and I could say when I was working special operations side, you see a lot of weird things when no one thinks you're watching, right? Like mm. uh, at first, like, oh, what this? Why is this guy out uh, smoking a cigarette and walking his dog at two in the morning? That's weird. And then you see many people go out for a smoke and walk their dogs and do fun things at, at two in the morning. So right. you become a little more in tune to the, the strangeness of people around. So maybe uh, less, maybe less weirded out when you see things that, that you think are, are odd because there's so much oddness around. But, but, and at the other end of it, you're, you become an expert on human nature. Yeah. The, the, I think what happens is one of the things when I was out working late at night, I always felt like I had a big ceases undercover sign on my chest, right? That, oh my God, everyone's going to know what I'm doing and and they're going to think this is uh, who I am. And then, yeah, you become a lot a lot more in tune with human nature. So I, I talked about in the book when the first time I set off a car alarm, right? And my, I was with a senior guy and we had to go in this car. He said to me, he's, he's the locks guy. And he said, look, I can open and I can turn the alarm off uh, but it's going to go off, right? Like uh, it's it's going to go off, and then give me a couple seconds, and I'll I'll turn it off. And he was just kind of get me to to prepare myself for it because I'd say it's like jumping in the in, into a lake, right? You know it's going to be cold, but it's still going to hit you when when it happens. And so sure enough, we, we were walking beside the car, we're on a residential street, opens the door, alarm goes off. I squeeze my fists and and try to freeze so it doesn't look like I'm running away, which is you know what's going to draw attention. Uh, the idea is this was a couple of guys you know, fumbling with our keys, setting off the alarm accidentally. And sure enough, you know, you look around and no one cares. Like mm, okay. alarm goes on the street. No one's coming to the window. No one's looking out. It's not like the movies with lights going on on every street across. You know, um, see, so like things like that. I think you get uh, more comfortable operating in uh, the more you, you do it and have those experiences. 
Um, so yeah, human nature for sure. At first I think, oh, everyone's gonna come running. They're gonna see the alarm. Um, and nope, no one uh, no one came. The next time, uh, didn't need to clench my, my fists quite as tight when we set off another car alarm. Jody Jenkins, anything for our guest? No, the only thing I was going to say is, <laughs> Andrew, there's been a lot of movies made about, you know, your career and what you've done. Not movies on you. Yeah. I just mean about, about Not what yet. you've done. Yeah, yeah. yeah, spying, you know, being a secret agent. So I wanted to test your knowledge and oh. I'm going to give you a line from a movie. Oh, no. And then you tell me what movie it is. And uh, if you get it, I'll buy your book. I'll just say that. So, and you can't, you can't Google it. You can't Google it right no, now. No, no, I, I, and I'll I even give you a couple of hints. It's, uh, it's a Russian talking to the secret agent, and then okay. uh, you have to guess the movie. So here's the go. This is my best Russian. Probably oh, won't even sound okay. Russian, but here we go. <clears throat> Every time you joke, I cut off a finger. Who, mine or yours? <laughs> <laughs> is I. I mean, I want to say spies like us, but yes. uh, is that oh, it? Gosh, now, I buy, now I have to buy the book. Oh, the my doctor. word. Oh, one of my favorites. Well one done. One of my favorites. Well Man, that, done. Jody's wallet is actually oh. going to get opened. I can't believe oh, it. Oh, my Shoot. goodness. I'll get you. That's, well, that's a great. You know what? Can I tell you something? That movie is probably more accurate than many of the, uh, the, the James Bond movies running around out there about yeah. just some people just faking it all the way through. That's how, I, uh, that's how it really is. Like oh, even movie. when he the, the scene where he's doing the testing at the beginning, yeah. Dan Aykroyd. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that was oh, yeah. just a classic movie. That oh, I constantly uh, it's doctor, <laughs> doctor, 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 doctor. Well done, doctor, well doctor. Oh, he's All he's right. he's uh, he's in the zone, he's, uh, Jody. He's legit. That's the entrance exam for all CSIS yeah. agents. That's is, right. Uh, <laughs> that's how I got the job. You don't. I didn't. You got this right off of the application process. Uh, good research. Good research by you. Oh, man. Well, Jody could be the next thesis agent. Who knows? That, that's right. Well, if you keep maybe honking he's the, one right now. If you keep yeah. honking the horns, you might not make it through the uh, the security screening. But uh, you know, there we go. <laughs> That might, oh, be, that Andrew might be problematic. <laughs> there we go. There it is. Andrew Kirsch, it's been a real pleasure having you yeah. on and Another Thing podcast. His book, I Was Never Here, <laughs> is going to be released on March the 1st. I guess you're into pre-ordering right now. Where, where should they go to pre-order your book? Wherever you get your books, Amazon, Indigo. Um, it is at a bookstore near you, Sport, Sport Local. Um, but yeah, it's uh, pre-order it. And I hope you all enjoy it. I think we will. I was never here is the, is the title again. Thanks again, Andrew, for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. Good luck with your leadership. Interesting conversation. Although, you know, how do we know that everything he just told us, he could yeah. still be working for them. That's right. It's all a cover. And that's what I mean. Like, uh, and like, you know, you ask him a question, is he going to tell, like, if you said, Hey, were you around when this happened or whatever? Uh, you know, like, is he going to come out and say, yes, yes, I was. Well, it's a funny business because, you know, part of it is lying to people because you're a spy as if you're if you're doing some of the work anyway, undercover work, I guess uh, he was doing analytical works uh, and investigative. So maybe he could be a bit more upfront, but still it's uh, part of it is is pretty dark. Yeah, no, I, I wouldn't uh, I wouldn't doubt that at all. And, uh, yeah, no, that was, that was cool. That was, yeah. uh, a and very I, I, you know, good, good for him. Show. 
Yeah, good for him. And uh, he, uh, just for our our listeners to know, he reached out to us and said, hey, I think I've got a good topic for you guys. And uh, I followed up with that. Uh, so uh, listeners, if you have good topics or good guests, please, please let us know. We'd be uh, we'd be happy to consider them. Um, and uh, that's what keeps the show fresh, too, when we get that uh, that listener feedback. Yeah, and we always keep an open mind with guests. We don't have any biases. We have one simple question that we ask anybody that wants to be on the show, and that's, can you tell us your voting record from the last 10 years in the federal and provincial elections? And, and will you buy one of our coffee mugs? And <laughs> will you buy a coffee mug? And if those answers line up with what we deem to be appropriate, exactly. then, uh, then we can chat. But, uh, you know, we are, we're open book here, inclusive. That's right. Yeah, that's it's us. It's not about us. No. It's all Enough about, the about merch me. Table. What do you think about me? <laughs> <laughs> I think you're amazing. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, thanks again to John Mutton and the team <laughs> at Municipal Solutions, our presenting sponsor. You can find them online at municipalsolutions.ca as well. Looneypolitics.com, your home for exclusive content, including never before heard episodes that you can only get by being a subscriber. Use the code podcast to get 50% off an annual subscription, looneypolitics.com. And I don't know if we're allowed to like, I mean, it might not happen. I don't want to jinx it, but like we've got some, we're in talks with a, an organization to be a big part of some big conference or something. Is that right? Yeah, we are. Uh, so uh, we're, uh, I certainly want to plug the Canada Strong and Free Network uh, conference uh, that'll be taking place uh, in Ottawa at the Shaw Center. And uh, that'll be the first week of May. So you'll be hearing more about that as we go forward. And uh, Jody and I are talking about being there on the spot, maybe, and uh, doing a few interviews there. So uh, this will be the preeminent uh, conservative conference of the year. And it'll be in person, hopefully. Uh, and uh, that will make a big difference as well. So uh, stay tuned. We're going to have more information on that as we get closer to it. Excellent. And I also want to give a shout out to Jordan and Matt and the team at MNC Podcast Networks uh, for their uh, efforts on the show. Again, uh, continues to grow and grow. And we want to thank you, of course, for uh, constantly listening. And I uh, got to give a shout out to my good buddy, Mike Stiff. I haven't talked to him in a little while. Uh, Mikey. But I, I think he's still listening. He still reaches out and tells me he enjoys the program. And uh, he has a, I don't know if I ever told you this, but he has an interesting connection to one of our previous guests, uh, um, Humble and Fred. To, he oh, has yeah. a connection to Fred. And he actually sent me a picture of them all together when they were like, I don't know, in their like late teens, early twenties. Holy smokes! Yeah, 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 yeah. Fred, so Freddie, Freddie grew picture. up in Scarborough. Yeah, I got to send you that picture, and okay. then you got to get it to Fred. I will. I will get it and, to Freddie uh, P for sure. And it's an interesting little thing there. So I, I'm gonna have to, Mike. If you're listening, you're gonna have to remind me again of how that of all the details of that, because I might've forgotten how it all went, but uh, very cool. So, And thanks to all of our loyal listeners. And don't forget, zekeagency.com is where you get the merchandise. All right, we'll do this again in seven days. We'll talk soon. Absolutely.